Welcome to the Texas Law Dog Podcast, where we will get you off, literally and legally. Your weekly true crime podcast from the criminal defense lawyer's perspective. Join the Texas Law Dog and co-host Akash as they venture into the nitty-gritty of the criminal justice system and explore how there may be practicable solutions to cleaning it up. Any and all content produced should not be construed as formal legal advice, used for educational, marketing, and solicitation purposes only. Some information may be factual. All guests have agreed to use their real names and likenesses. All views and opinions expressed by the Texas Law Dog reflect the opinions of Texas Law Dog LLC only and should All right, boys and girls, episode eight, welcome back. I, uh, I want to first start out the show by welcoming a new individual. Uh, his name is Azim. He will be the new man behind the curtain. What's going on? Say hello to the people. Hey, what's up? My name is Azim. I'm going to be a new intern for the Texas Law Dog podcast. And I'm here with Yeah, you, you are. <laughs> I don't even think yeah. you know what you signed up for, boy. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. I wanted to. Well, the people need to get to know you a little bit before they trust you. Um, so tell us, man. What's your uh, first off? Like, what's your thoughts on a woman's right to choose? Um, <laughs> what do you mean by like woman's right to choose? I think I should have like a right to like everything. I think everything should be equal. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah, brother. That's the right answer. <laughs> you didn't even know what I was talking about. No. <laughs> You still answered the, you still answered correctly. Um, dude, that's fucking hilarious. Uh, thank you for that. Um, that's actually the, that's the correct answer. Uh, women should have the right to choose, um, whatever they want. You know, we're not even talking about anything. They just, everyone should have the right to do whatever they want. Right. Yeah. Okay. Do you love the government? Yeah. I think government holds like, holds balance. Without like government, I think, society would be crazy there would be no rules or boundaries or something like that you know what i'm saying there's no lawyers though as the plus side yeah <laughs> i mean yeah too but i think lawyers are like i think lawyers come in handy when it comes to like damn right we come in handy for a fee <laughs> but, yeah, i think if you get in like super big trouble if you pay like the right amount you can get out of. Hey, man, that's why we went to school, bro. Uh, was to was to live a a cool life and get to do this kind of stuff, man. I yeah. think that um, <laughs> it's pretty funny though that you say that. Uh, the government is needed. I do agree with you, honestly. I mean, I even though I see the entire world kind of collapsing around us, uh, <laughs> or what it appears to be, anyway. I go outside and everything is hunky dory though. So um, maybe if more people did that, then they wouldn't think that the sky was falling down. But yeah, we'll get into that um, on my closing thoughts. Kind of some some uh, words of wisdom from the law dog to take away, maybe as we go into uh, the Christmas week. But um, I wanted to start out the show with uh, something topical, which was T. Cole records. Um. Azim, did you pull up that article I sent you? Yeah, I did. Did you read it? Yeah, I read it. What were your thoughts? Uh, I think it's, I think we should be working on the police department, especially in like Texas. How so? Like, what are they um, After reading better? the article, um, after reading the article, like, it states that we don't have enough like given training for our departments and the amount of like credits needed, like our credits needed is 48 or a high school diploma or GED. So it's- Wait, like, wait, 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 did you just, wait, so there's 40, you, you need basically the same amount of education as a community college to be a police officer or less? Or yeah. high school? Yeah, compared to like cosmetology, you need almost 2000 hours. So police officers are trained less than our beauticians. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that's a pretty good topic, isn't it, to get into mm -hmm. today. Um, thank you for reading the article, number one. Your assignment is passed. I give you a gold star. We don't grade on an 8AF system here. Thank you. 
Um, <laughs> okay. I, uh, I want to go into, I'm going to share my screen real quick about the T. Cole record so I can give the people kind of an idea. So in every case that I get, um, I always, as a basic due diligence practice, try and subpoena or take an information records request on the officer's certification records. Cause I want to know exactly what courses have they taken? How much have they been trained? When's the last time they did their standards field sobriety test training? And that's all good stuff that I can use against them on cross-examination. Yes. So um, I'm going to pull up. I've anonymized and uh, redacted a sample T. Cole document that you will see. Oh, bro, you need to enable my screen sharing if possible. Um, and it essentially is, uh, it's like your transcript for cops. Um, and what they've all done um, and where they've gone to school. Try sharing your screen now. Perfect. Got it. Okay. All right. So you see it? Yeah. Okay. So you see here, this officer is, was three months, uh, three months on the force. So, um, essentially it'll give you a rundown right so education for everyone listening i'll just explain it but it'll just give you their their t cole id their uh, high school service history so and this particular officer is a licensed peace officer for the houston police department for three months um and i picked this one because he's a good uh example for like the basic training that people get or that officers get um you can see here he graduated the houston police academy basic peace officer course um and then it goes into all the courses that he completed in order to uh become a police officer so you can see here some terrorist terrorism awareness for emergency first response um which was a four hour course. He took a mental health officer training course, which was 40 hours. The basic peace officer training course was 397 hours at the Houston police Academy, as well as, um, well, actually that's an addendum to the basic course that you receive and all he has, I believe, what did that say? 1,098 training hours, uh, and 4,838 total hours of training, which includes the written test that you have to pass. Um, but he also has other classes like, I mean, this is a basic, so this is a guy that's straight onto the street. And this is generally what you're gonna see as far as their training from like a, a brand new green police officer, um, yeah. which is really only the basic peace officer course, perhaps one or two additional courses like this one took in mental officer training mental health officer training um they also they'll also get um tactical trauma care fema intro uh and fema courses just for stuff that they need to be aware of in emergencies um but yeah man essentially this is it uh they they've got their one basic course like they go through their boot camp and um you know then after that they're they're on the street with a gun um and so like that is something that, uh, you know, I wanted to touch on today, um, which is that Azim made a great point that police officers require less training than a, a someone who cuts your hair. So maybe that's important for the public to be aware of. Um, they may not have known about this issue. <laughs> I didn't even know about that. Right. I mean, it's like, why, that, that doesn't really make much sense to me. Um, but then again, you know, it is government, so none of it makes sense. Uh, and while I agree that government is necessary to facilitate the facade prison construct that we've all made for ourselves, um, it's, it's, it's more or less something that needs to be held accountable. It's, it's, you were correct in that it's a, a framework that's, when properly run, supposed to hold not only the people in charge accountable, but the citizens accountable. And more or less it's it's a one-way system now where it's just holding us accountable but we aren't holding them accountable um and that's not really any fault fault of our own it's just because of a 
forces that have invaded uh, the American political system, you know, over the last 50 years. And, uh, you know, until people wake up to the fact that Republicans, Democrats all work for the same boss, you know, then they're not going to really see the, the, the wholesale changes that are needed in the system. Um, and unfortunately, that's just really good psychological manipulation and preconditioning that's been done over uh, however many years, you know, from police officer shows, uh, glorifying our CIA with Jack Ryan and, and Zero Dark Thirty, which <laughs> is an sure. awesome uh, thing to take down Bin Laden. Yeah, man, that's all bullshit. I mean, the people yeah. obviously need to realize that, like, it's all Hollywood, y'all. <laughs> Real life is dog shit, okay? Like, these people that run the country are evil motherfuckers, man. They don't give a sure. fuck about you or me they don't care about the middle class they care about perpetuating the system to make sure they keep everything and we don't have it so i mean really like that ties into the whole thing about policing like is that police were initially created as uh, a means to divide people because back in the late 1860s um they were more or less or at least even before then like in the 1850s they were created as a means, the, the, not, the fraternal order of the police's original purpose was to track down runaway slaves and bring them back to their owners. So right away, you, you created this rift in society. And it was generally lower class uh, white people that were doing this. So you've already got this classism issue that's been ingrained in the society that we've been living in in America since the Civil War. Uh, for our next civil war, which is coming up. But um, in our first civil war, I mean, that truly the, the original purpose of the police was to do that. So now I believe 33 straight, 33, 33, great number out of the 50 states uh, are still run by the fraternal order of the police. So, um, you know, you've got your Kamala Harris and she was on the, one of the top ranks of the FOP. Like it's hilarious that she's championing herself as a criminal justice reform advocate, even though that she put more black men in jail in California over her 10 year tenure as AG <laughs> than any other person. And it's ever served in that position. So she's going to be doing wonders for all you BLM people out there. I bet you. <laughs> And I mean, like, I don't take a side, right? I hate Trump. I hate Biden. I don't like anybody. I hate them all. Yeah, all represent <laughs> rich people. Like, they don't give a fuck about the middle class. They don't care about the man struggling to pay rent. It's all just different social clubs and, like, college fucking uh, fraternity, like, but, like, Harvard, Yale, Stanford yeah. shit, you know, where it's the upper echelons of society. They all stick together, guys. Like, we're all fucked because those people don't like us. They want to control all of us. <laughs> and I don't know how else to tell people like rich people don't want poor people to have all their money. So like, it's like, it's going to literally just come down to that. I would just wish people could zoom out and see all of it was about money and none of it's about caring about abortion or race relations or uh, you know, all of these wedge gap issues. They can literally just, line them up for all the sheep who don't can't see through it to just be like oh yeah this is the problem is this this poor white guy that loves trump and he's the problem but it's really like it's a it's a fucking class war like people need to to see <laughs> that the, the common enemy is the people that are are running everything with all the money i mean and it's not like there are good people with money out there but you don't really hear about them and uh you know that's the interesting point about you know, money in general, it's fucking fugazi. I think if people realize, you know, once they woke up to the fact that it's a control mechanism and it, I, outside of religion, it might be the easiest way to control people because it literally makes the world go around. And so once you figure out that you don't have to live your life based on money anymore, it'll really free people. And I think that's just a good piece of advice I like to put out there just so that, you know, once you're, once you're not blinded by the almighty dollar, in every single decision that you make mm -hmm. because business is not about being a good person. Business is about making a profit. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, this doesn't tie into T Cole at all, but I think it's a good for the broader point, which is that, and, and, and to help our nation heal uh, or at least wake up to the fact that it's divided more than ever and they're divided for the wrong reasons. But more or less is 
as long as you holistically zoom out and a lot of people can't do that in their own realities whether it be because of a certain trauma that they've experienced or they uh they just love authority um a lot of people are really prone to just accept and trust an authoritative figure you know i have a lot of friends um that it's just like especially when i look at like the vaccine issue or something like that it's really coming down to people who trust in authority versus people who don't and not about science it's truly about the people stating that this stuff is completely safe and normal and it's doesn't matter it was made in nine months when it usually takes 10 years just fucking trust us and take it and like that that is the dividing factor that the media won't touch on which is do we just trust that these institutions which have clearly failed us over the last year are still looking out for our best interests and like I don't know, man, that's going to be the, the battle here, but I, I feel a shift coming. I don't know what it is. I feel something in my stomach that there's something in my gut, man, that just tells me that there's something wrong that's going on out there. I just don't know what it is. Like, it just feels wrong. It feels like I'm being lied to by both sides. And, um, until people kind of just say, fuck, you know, like what's going on here? And maybe they're at that point. A lot of people are on different timelines. Like some people are a rank and file, like let's get the vaccine. We need to fucking have it all in our arms. At least 70% of the population by May, the other 70%, which is even better because polls don't mean anything more uh, anymore are just like the opposite. So until there's it's it's nonlinear warfare it's literally i see it like i almost think that we're in war already with uh another nation state because of the disinformation campaigns going on and that that's how you truly control the populace is what they see and hear and in mass what they're seeing and hearing is a bunch of fear and when you control through fear it makes it a lot easier to get things done um because if everyone's in like a good happy-go-lucky, lovey uh, communal state, then it, it's like impossible to get them to do what you want. And uh, I think that, man, I think the planet or what, I don't know what's going on with the stars, but I feel something kind of coming around wherein like we might be in for a huge change soon and I don't even know what it is, but it feels like something is coming to me. Maybe. But I, it's, <laughs> do you feel something in the air? <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's because the new president, but I doubt it. No, man, it doesn't have anything to do with that. Cause like, that's what also it ties into it. Like, I don't think Trump, Trump lost his Supreme court sh like load. Right. So now he's going to, he's got one option left before the, the nuclear option, which is to try and get them, uh, the house electors to change their votes before they certify it to the vice president. Mm -hmm. And Pence might actually be tested here as to whether or not he, he has to certify or not. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to be in a fucking tough spot here. Um, when he's got orders coming from him from Trump to say, like, don't you dare show up to that thing and certify this. But I don't know, man. It's going to be kind of crazy because we've never had a president that really hasn't accepted the election results. So if that motherfucker declares martial law, I could all just be, you know, we could all be in uh, <laughs> Walking Dead by next week. <laughs> I'm hoping that doesn't happen, obviously, yeah. but Trump is a kind of crazy motherfucker, man. You don't know what he's going to do. And so I'm just like sitting back and I watch and I'm seeing my grandmother just like losing days off of her life every time she sees his ass on TV. And I just kind of wish that he would go away. But the problem is, is that he had 75 fucking million people or whatever vote for him. He is not going away. He'll be back and he'll be back. He's got a large contingent of the country now who's ready to fucking fight for his ass. So... It's kind of scary, man, because you've got a, a situation bubbling up for some violence and for some uh, agitation on both sides to just boil over. But I mean, I think that the media is trying to frame Trump in a position to where that they're gaslighting him. They're saying there is no fraud. And I mean, obviously, like thousands of people are now in on the conspiracy. They all lied under oath for him, right? So, um, and honestly, I believe the better play would be to, to show all of the proof of fraud once Biden is sworn in. Um, once he gets sworn into office and then maybe the next week you get 
surefire proof from a forensic analyst that votes in large batches were switched to uh, someone else's candidate. I mean, if that happens, then you're going to have 70 million people who already don't accept Joe Biden as president. Fucking maybe take the arms, man. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be pretty nuts. It's going to be uh, a crazy, I think 2021 is going to be even worse than 2020. I mean, not for me. I'm going to fucking inverse the planet, baby. I'm going all the way. But like 2021, when they drop COVID-21 on everyone and the mutation starts, it's just going to be fucking panic. And like everyone just needs to stop. Don't listen to any of it, man. Just fucking see through it. All you got to do is breathe. Look inside. If you meditate, it will help you channel your way back to the cosmos. I promise you people. Like it's, It took me 10 years to understand that living for myself wasn't going to get me anywhere. But uh, once you kind of let go, it just truly helps you see things for how they are. And um, I hope more people can do that, especially as it gets crazier. And I feel like some sort of massive deception uh, is coming like just some either whether it be another distraction or whatever but just be, i encourage people to just like think with their guts don't think with your minds like <laughs> i don't know what else to say and like so like let's go back though to thinking with our minds um because after that little diatribe i just i honestly people like i i see i see these people trying to manipulate the war for minds and that's what the civil war is right they're just trying to get you to convince you that you're on the right side and the other side is dangerous mm -hmm. and that's just leading us back into late 1930s germany where we're allowing hitler to take power because you've got an entire contingent mostly it was small businessmen who were terrified of the lower class taking all their shit uh getting behind him initially at least some in the mid thirties when Hitler wasn't a, a straight up fascist yet. Um, it was more or less like the rank and file, small business, upper middle class that got him into power. So people want to take a deep dive into how he actually got into power. It's very analogous to Trump, but not in the same way that it was um, just in that Trump used a lot of the same sort of talking points in order to make his point which is that your country is being taken away from you by these bureaucrats by the banks and it's truly kind of that challenged the status quo in a way that hadn't been done and um and now you're seeing the results of it you're seeing 70 million americans who are pissed off that their pensions aren't going to be there in 20 years and uh, they work their whole lives in order to, to have them so Obviously, and then you've got the other side who thinks that, you know, it, Trump is the worst thing that ever happened to America because it just completely denied us our ability to transfer uh, our, our, our way into the, the, the Chinese model, which is something that they're going to be a, a world power just so, simply because they're homogeneous and they, they're all on the same page. And I think that the Democrats' concern and why you see so much Chinese money behind the Democratic Party is because they understand that in order for America to keep up, they're going to have to adopt some sort of system like the Chinese have uh, because our people will be so splintered and divided that they'll never get on the same page to make the country prosperous again. So usually in these kind of scenarios, we need a war, right? We need a war in order to get the country back into that one nation mentality. So a war with China isn't out of the question, even though I think that won't happen if Biden is sworn in because he's fucking, he is China. So I mean, that, that's pretty clear at this point, if you follow the money and anyone who isn't like a radical conspiracy theorist, but someone that actually pays attention to campaign donations and actually follows money and policy directives can clearly see that a large chunk of Republican and Democratic members have already taken the uh, forbidden fruit from China. So, I mean, look, guys, you've got Chinese Communist Party members in your fucking government. You've got probably Russian agents in your government. You got, you got fucking factions from everywhere. What you don't have? Teachers, firefighters, you don't have freaking small business owners standing up for you and saying, what the fuck, Amazon? What the fuck, Google? What the fuck, Facebook? Nobody's doing that. They're all on the take. And I mean, that's what pisses me off is that nobody's out there fighting for the common man. No one. It's just as simple as accept your puppet or my puppet, and that's going to be the better solution. No, fuckers, wake up. I mean, truly, at this point, wake up. These fuckers do not give a shit about you. 
They don't want to help you. They don't want to help your community. They just want to help themselves. And like, until people see through it, I just don't know what else to do. But that's all I'm going to say on that rant. Let's go back to the fucking T. Cole, baby. Let's talk about police officer training. Hey, dude, have you ever seen Training Day? Um, is that the one with Jack Gyllenhaal? Jake Gyllenhaal? No, this is fucking Denzel, dude. Oh, so I haven't seen that. King Kong ain't got shit on me. You never seen that? Never seen that. Uh, is that a- Dude, your next assignment? I mean, you. <laughs> I can't even believe I had you on here without you having seen Training Day. Uh, did you, so? You need to see that tonight. Oh well, yeah, I'm looking. I'll watch it. Too. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So basically, that movie is about uh, Denzel Washington. He is a. Uh, a narcotics SWAT team type guy. He leads a unit and he brings on this rookie cop uh, for a day. And uh, the cop kind of learns that that the police force isn't all that he learned it to be. Um, But it's a great movie. And it's kind of, it shows that movie is kind of more fucking accurate than like NYPD blue, man, because like that shit went down. Like I talked about it multiple times, but, Harris County, Harris, uh, Houston police officer, Gerald Goins, he was Denzel in that movie. I mean, that was the guy running the narcotics raids on the no-knock warrants throughout Houston for years. And he already has had like 100 cases wherein people were already in prison or they had convictions get their shit overturned because he was a dirty cop. So um, when we talk about police officer training and certification, man, like I think that this is going to be a huge point as far as whatever you want to call the defund the police movement, or we need to re-educate the public movement is uh, what exactly I'm calling for. But, um, you know, I think that once people kind of see how easy it is to become a police officer and how easy it is to transfer to another police department, even if you've been fired for nefarious reasons, then they might think twice about submitting uh, to their authority every time they get pulled over on the road, as far as being polite and accepting their tickets. I think that, you know, we need to push back on these people. Like they have so much authority and they've gotten so much, like they've, they've impressed their authority on us so hard that, you know, it's, it's easy to push back once you actually know your rights and know the laws. And, um, you know, like this article that I sent you stated, uh, there was basically an entire commission that was founded to take a look at the T. Cole certification records. This was called the uh, Sunset Advisory Commission. And it was actually created by the Texas legislature to analyze everything. And so they found um, that essentially the the report that they found says that it makes it clear that current system, the current system too often allows officers fired from one department to get hired by another, which fails to provide the basic levels of instruction needed to support the demands of a fast changing profession. It does not adequately inform the public about a government service that is crucial to daily life and safety. And I would have to agree um, because like what I said, what I shared, I mean, these t records, right? So that I can, I can pull these up and this is actually a pretty funny story, but my girlfriend's uh, father is a retired police officer. And <laughs> in order to flex on her, I actually subpoenaed his records <laughs> before our third date and uh, showed up to him. Showed up to our date with her uh, with her dad's records so that we could go over them, but uh, she didn't find that too funny. Uh, yeah, but I did. I think that that was um, indicative of the fact that one, he was really well trained, and no one's trained like thirty uh, year vets anymore. Um, and also, like he uh, he didn't have any incidents, which was great. <laughs> I didn't have to date someone whose dad was a dirty cop. And so now like we're close. He, he loves it. I'm a criminal defense lawyer because he gives me shit and vice versa all the time. Um, and uh, we swap stories and I'm actually, I have him on at some point. I think he'd be uh, a great fucking guest because uh, you got to have a real cop on here, right? Or at least a retired yeah. one. <laughs> so they can start giving me some shit back. Cause all I'm doing is dogging on them. But um, yeah, man, I think that, so like, 
Okay. Oh, this is a good point from what you said earlier. So the Sunset Report found that Texas requires more time in basic training for cosmetologists, 1,000 hours, than for cops, 696 hours. Air conditioning and refrigeration contractors, meanwhile, have to put in 2,000 hours of training to get licensed. The Houston Police Department requires at least 48 semester hours of college credit for prospective officers, but a high school diploma or GED is enough in other parts of the state, usually rural counties. So, and also the type of training they're getting is like out of rack. It's, it's not really real world stuff, right? They're not getting, they're not getting trained on psychological de-escalation de techniques, right? Or something that where you can, uh, you know, the, the, the training is, is PowerPoint based and it's fucking antiquated. It needs to be just completely redone. But the problem with redoing it is they're not going to get out, away with all the stuff that they're used to. So you got the police unions fighting any sort of change, always, always fighting against any sort of accountability or change because you tell me, um, but look, like they require 48 hours for firearms training, 40 hours for instruction and arrest, search and seizure. Uh, two hours of training on interacting with civilians. So we had 48 hours of how to use your gun and two hours on how to talk to people. I mean, does that seem right to you? No, no, not at all. No, it doesn't. You're absolutely right. That doesn't seem right to me at all. Okay, so it says the standard basic peace officer course includes only four hours of education on family violence, child victims, and related assaultive offenses, and no special training for dealing with rape victims. Um, you think that that would be pertinent for police officers who arrive on the scene wherein someone may have just been raped. They don't know how to qualify the situation, but they at least know how to use their gun if needed, right? So... Uh, but like 99.99% of police officers never even fire their officer wep like duty weapon in the line of duty. So it's like, fucking, what the hell are we doing here? Uh, <laughs> and I mean, the thing is, is like it, it the T Cole thing, like this allows us in theory, it should allow us to hold officers accountable. It should be, certifying them to, to have knowledge and skills to do like the vital and dangerous and demanding jobs. But 690 something hours, like I'd say that most police officers, if they could speak candidly, especially green ones would say that they learn all the stuff they really need to know through their first partner. And that that person generally shows them the ropes uh, on whatever the first six months of their job is. They're going to learn way more than they did in the Academy. Um, like with any kind of work, but it's still the fact that these officers aren't being even offered the training that they necessarily could have to avoid even pulling their service weapon. You know, if they could talk someone down from a situation, they may not even need to necessarily have the ability to pull out their, their weapon in the first place. Uh, but obviously, you know, I mean, I get the point that there are dangerous people out there. So if there's going to be someone that's a cop killer, the police officers have every right to kill your ass. If they, if you put a gun at them or if you have any intent whatsoever to go after police officers, like they should have the ability to kill your ass. I don't disagree with that. I think that, you know, like in a kill or be killed world, it, it's simply about who's following the law. And um, that's why we have laws. You know, that's why we created them was to give us disincentivation to just going around and killing people. Because now you have to actually contemplate all the consequences of it. And early on, you could do it, you know, without, in the early days of human history, we didn't have police officers or whatever. Everyone just kind of held themselves accountable. And then now that you've got this congruent standard because of so many people living in the world that you have to operate by, it, it, it creates this ebb and flow, right? Where people are taking the, like calculated or incalculated risks if they're actually going to commit a murder. And the police officers training more or less, I think dictates more towards a draw first talk second approach. And it needs to be the other way around, you know, where you talk first, draw second, and that would avoid a ton of uh, these, these like disputed killings or something, especially with someone who's mentally ill or dealing with PTSD or a bipolar uh, or a schizophrenic episode, you know, or it's just these officers are too quick to draw their guns on guys when they aren't, um, you know, drawing on their tongues. Uh, and, I, and I think that 
if we could just train them at least with better psychologists and sociologists, then they could at least begin to understand because a lot of police officers, they're, they're jaded, right? They have to deal with so much nonsense on a day in and day out basis that it can really wear on you, man. I've had friends that are on the force and like, once you get to like 10, 15 years and you've seen a lot of dead bodies and a lot of blood, I mean, it just desensitizes you to the human nature of people. And, uh, and so that's another, like maybe a good point that people overlook is that like these officers need help too, and that they need proper psychological resources in order to maybe get, uh, their heads right, or at least in a place where they're, you know, they became cops to help people, but now it's just a paycheck and they, and they hate going to their, their job every day. And generally, if that's the case, I'm not going to want that officer pulling me over, you know, mm-hmm. like that's just a recipe. And especially if I'm a guy with psychosis and I got a hot officer that's in a bad mood, I mean, it can, it can escalate quickly into something that could have just been an easy ticket. And so that's kind of the main point. We, what are we at, Azim? Well, we're talking about like... Um, no, what are we at time-wise? Oh, time-wise, it's been about like 25, 30 minutes. Okay. So that's all I really wanted to touch on as far as T. Cole. I, uh, I just think that it's important that the people a, are aware of how officers certification records are kept uh and t cole it it means um the texas commission on law enforcement just so everyone's aware but they're the people that keep track of how police officers and so the other thing that, that's not being held accountable is when they are fired for misconduct they can be rehired by another police department that and that may not necessarily be reflected um on their t cole record so like when I am trying to find uh, like if a cop's dirty or not, I'll always subpoena their internal affairs records, but I always get their t records so that I can subpoena their internal affairs records from their previous police department experience. Because generally that's where you're going to get all the juicy, you know, shit that you're going to want to help you because it's like the, if they got fired for lying or whatever, or disobeying or whatever, a case on a case, um, from a previous police department, but yet they got hired, you know, no problem at the next place. Uh, that's a big one that you see with like guys who are jailers or that work in prisons that become cops. They always have a couple of incidents, um, just because of the nature of their jobs. And like, generally it's easier to get a job as a jailer than, um, to join a police, uh, force, you know, it's just because there's more demand for them. Um, and so, like, that's another one, you know, I always look and see an officer was a former jailer because then they generally have some disciplinary records I can use on cross. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just something that I think the public wasn't generally aware of, and I wanted to make them aware of it. I think that essentially it's um, like this Sunset Commission did a really good job of uh, concluding that our current system isn't working, you know. So I think that we definitely need to... <laughs> And I know this is some politicians answer and they're going to be like, well, we need to form a commission, but we truly do need to form a commission and figure out what the fuck we need to do as far as how we handle law enforcement regulations, certifications, transparency, all of that stuff. It needs to be addressed in the next legislative session in Texas. So hopefully people get on board, man. And, uh, and, and it's hilarious. Cause I'm like, what do we do besides listen to you? And I'm like, <laughs> write your congressman. And they're like, what? And no one does that anymore. It's hilarious. Like I was like, I'm thinking earlier about um, there's an intersection out by my house, like maybe a few blocks down and it's, it's a four way stop, but it needs a light like desperately because during rush hour, it'll back up and it'll be like completely fucking disastrous. I've seen multiple bikers get hit there. I've seen a lot of car accidents and I was like, man, how would I actually go about getting this change? So I'm going to do a little project, I think, for the uh, show and see if it's possible to actually get a politician to care um, again about something small and easy like that. 
And like, maybe that'll be a good example for the people to see, like, you can make a difference. I'm going to try and get us a fucking street light and I'm going to hammer my district councilwoman, my congressman and a state representative and state senator. And I'm going to do it through social media. I'm not going to do it by writing a letter. No one gives a fuck about a letter anymore. Unless you put these fuckers on blast yeah. online, no one cares. So I'm going to actually go out to that intersection soon and I'm going to uh, lobby uh, to get a fucking light put up and see if the law dog can do some good for his community. But I think that that would more or less would be a fun project yeah. for us. Um, it'd be good for the viewers. So and it, yeah, and it'll be good for the fucking drivers and the bike riders the that drivers, are at that intersection. Yeah. So um, yeah, be, be looking forward to that. That's going to be a fun little project that we've got going on just because I wanted to challenge myself. I haven't actually taken a stake in like, public advocacy ever uh nor do i really intend to i don't want any power <laughs> i just want to live my life and uh you know but like if it's just, if it's something that can that can communally help people like i'm all about it and so that's gonna be uh, a fun little law dog project which is write your congressman and uh mine just so happens to be dan crenshaw he's a little he's a little have you heard of him he's the guy yeah i think that's to. mine too oh is it I think so. Fuck yeah. Then we got two her, white knights on our side, bro. Huh? Are you in Harris County? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, man. So we'll, uh, we're going to hit Dan up and be like, we need a light here. He actually doesn't live too far from where it is. So I'm hoping that by getting his attention on it, I know at least get the right people moving on it. But it's just like, um, it's something that I thought would be fun. And I uh, I encourage everyone to follow along Texas Law Dog Instagram at TX Law Dog uh, to check out kind of some other non podcast stuff. But if you found us on Instagram, that's great. And uh, if not, please go there and check us out. Uh, we believe we're also on Facebook and Twitter. So whatever your uh, preferred modicum for fake news is, go ahead and check us out, man. Uh, I think that we are doing good as far as moving the podcast along. Um, Akash was tied up in some stuff this week. That's why we got Azeem and Azeem will be in and out. Um, but Akash will also be back. He's not gone forever. He's just tied up with other more successful attorneys, <laughs> but he'll be back. Um, yeah. So I think that uh, basically I wanted to do what else should we talk about today? Give me like a crime topic that interests you. A crime topic. Um, have you ever been in trouble? Have I been in trouble? Yeah, but it wasn't with the cops. Was it with your parents? No, it was like with <laughs> a, another driver. Oh shit! What happened? Yeah. So, uh, okay. So I was driving, right, and I wasn't attention. Like I, you were talking about this in your last podcast, how people be on their phones while driving and stuff, right? <laughs> I was doing that one day. I was on my phone texting and driving, and I hit the car in front of me. And so I have a Honda, they have a BMW. So I was freaking out because I hit from the back. So it's like, it's my fault, right? Did you offer to trade pinks? I barely touch it though. Huh? Did you offer to trade in pinks? Um, what'd you say, trade in what? <laughs> Do you even know what that means? <laughs> no, I don't. I thought you meant like pink slips or something. Pink slips, yeah. Before uh, yeah. you own the car, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay, I, so what I, happened? You were, it was your fault. You didn't admit you were texting, did you? No, I didn't. I didn't say anything about that. So I, it's because I barely touched the back of their car. This, there's two black women. One was in front of me. They like got out. Then her friend was behind me. She got out. So I, there was like two like older like black women. One of them was like faking like that she was hurt and shit, right? And you look at the back of her car. There's no like dents, no paint. Whoa, bro, that's pretty racist. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Two, I don't know. So what? They sue your ass or what? You deserve no, it. No, they they were trying to um, so they had got my number and insurance and everything. Then they just started calling me like every other hour and telling me that I'm not trying to involve with the police or anything. So if you can just send us one thousand or two thousand dollars for the paint job, I was like, wait, what? And then they were like, yeah, I'm not trying to. So automatically, I, I was just like, you know what? You can just call my insurance. Because it sounded like they didn't have insurance. So I was like, you can just go ahead, call my insurance, and we can settle it. And after I hung up, they didn't call me back. 
<laughs> I'm trying to skis you for a new paint job, bro. Yeah. <laughs> hey, at least you didn't get scammed, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a popular one. Like, definitely, guys, if you get pulled over or if you not get pulled over, if you get into a, a car accident, never, ever just pay the people directly in order to avoid the insurance claim unless you know them. But uh, typically, it's always wise to call the police. Or and um, my after that incident, my dad told me next time, like ask for their insurance too, because that was my first time ever getting in uh, an accident. So I didn't ask them for no like insurance. I didn't ask them. For oh yeah, bro, you got to take a picture with your phone. Always take a picture of their insurance card. Um, yeah. And their license with your phone. That's a good point, actually. Um, anytime you're in a car accident always get the other side's information. If they don't have it, take a picture of them so that you at least have uh, something, you know, where yeah. you can get uh, some, you're either your insurance company or, or police, depending on what happened. Mm -hmm. But um, that's, that's funny that you got hit. I mean, that you did the right thing though. Uh, but so like you haven't ever been in real trouble. That's good. How old are you? Uh, I'm 22. Yeah. So you're still young, man. It's time. Yeah, I haven't been in real, real trouble yet. That's good. You shouldn't yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, man. I don't want to get a call from your ass. I don't even want to know what nefarious shit you're into. What do you like to do for fun? <laughs> um, I'm going to call you all and be like, hey, top dog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Should we tell the people how? <laughs> uh, the very first like text message, Akash put you in with me. You called me the wrong name. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, um top dog you know, top dog <laughs> d-a-w-g too right yeah <laughs> you're so fucking stupid i love you uh thank you for being you i really appreciate a uh a sincere humble kid yeah um, welcome, sometimes man. on my uh payroll <laughs> dude no we're gonna have some fun um i i think we can wrap it up today. Uh, you know, I just, I've, I've said what I wanted to say. Oh, Sorry for, um, th this is like my, uh, this is check out my new mask. How fucking cool is this? Hold on. Is that you on the mask? Oh no. Is that, is that Dwight? <laughs> <laughs> is that three of our office fans out there <laughs> i know that episode too <laughs> <laughs> literally guys wear your masks it's not that fucking hard we can all fucking go back to normal if everyone just stops being oppressed by wearing a goddamn mask for a little while yeah. i don't mind it i got myself a dwight Schrute. it's the fucking it's it's him where he's in the uh What's that episode? It's the safety the training, episode. and he's got the dummy, and he's trying to give it CPR, but like the fucker dies. He's like, "Does it have an organ?" And then he carves its face off. So this mask is Dwight with his face, with the uh, dummy face on his face as the mask. And I think that it's a pretty funny one. It was like seven bucks on Amazon. Like, guys, the, the overarching point is, if we wear masks, like I, like the vaccine thing is another thing, but masks are really easy to control and really easy to do. And they don't, uh, you know, they shouldn't be causing that much controversy. If everyone just stayed away from grandma and grandpa and wear their masks, I think that we'd be fine. But like, I get that if people aren't affected by it, they aren't going to necessarily think that it's real. So I've seen it. I've seen people die and I've seen, and I know people who have been affected by this. Um, you know, I just had a fraternity brother's father pass away uh, from COVID. So I think that, you know, it's just like, and, and, and the dude wasn't that old. So he was my dad's age. And so I, that makes me a little bit hesitant, you know, because I don't want to, I don't want to fucking infect someone, you know, if I don't have to. And, um, I, I just try to set a good example, man. I don't know. It's just like, it, you've got to see through the politics of it and like realize, yeah, it's not like for the people working at a gas station, 12 hours a day, sucking in their own CO2, probably not the best. But um, if you're going over and you see like my girlfriend's grand, my girlfriend's mother came over, she's in a, a, an age category that would be deemed high risk. I wore a mask in my house around her. I don't care. Okay. So literally guys, it doesn't matter. Just wear your masks. 
please be safe, be kind to one another. Even if we have some massive bullshit come to us over the next whatever week or two, uh, you know, as we, as we trudge along towards January 20th, I think that as long as we just stay kind, stay loving, stay open and, uh, look inside y'all. I honestly look inside yourselves. Um, I encourage everyone, if you've never tried meditation, go on to YouTube, uh, look up a guy named Brian Scott. He's got an incredible YouTube channel on, on free, on all these tons of really good free meditations. It's called the reality revolution podcast. Uh, and it's a fantastic resource for anyone that's looking to sort of get back in touch with themselves. So everybody y'all have a kick-ass fucking week. Enjoy the show. We'll be back next week. Hopefully with our, I have been promising another guest here for like six episodes, (laughs) but every single time, whether it be, uh, it's just something new that comes up, but like with COVID it's been hard to see people and like also like, uh, plan stuff. So I'm getting some guests lined up for us so that next year we're busting them out. And it's not just me rambling on every week. And, uh, I think that that'll be really enjoyable for everyone. Uh, guys, please like rate, subscribe, review, and mash that subscribe, unsubscribe button. And it'll help our numbers a lot. Uh, me and Azim are on a quest to fucking take this baby to the next level, give the people back what they need, which is education, which is knowledge. And, uh, and this is truly for y'all. So we'll have some merch coming up soon, hopefully once we have enough demand and, uh, yeah, also be fair to, we, I set up a voicemail hotline for the show. So, uh, if you want to call and leave us a voicemail, please feel free to do so. Uh, however, I will, um, say that I have carte blanche to, make fun of you and use your content in perpetuity. So that being said, if you want to leave me a voicemail, I would uh, grandly appreciate it. Let me get that number for you guys. So that we are giving you guys false information. Wait, Azim, didn't I tell you to set this up? Uh, yeah, uh, but then you said that you were going to set it up. <laughs> I did not. I just told you right now that I set it up. All right. The number is 832-800-3253. That is 832-800-3253. Feel free to give the Law Dog Hotline a call. Uh, check out our website, txlawdog.com. It's got a bunch of clips that I've put up from our previous episodes, as well as the uh, means to follow us on all new media including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, etc. So, guys, I love y'all. I'll see y'all next week for our special Christmas episode. I've got a kosh, an incredible Christmas gift that I hope arrives in time because of the mail. And uh, Azim, I didn't get you anything, just full disclosure. <laughs> but if you do a good enough job, you'll earn something for next year. I promise you that. All right. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys and girls, enjoy uh, episode nine next week. Uh, We'll be back, hopefully with another guest. Love you guys. Law Dog out.